Greetings. Welcome to the Papa Pank Podcast. I am Jalen Clark Owens, and this is my friend and my co-host, Justin Jane. There's a lot of gray in the world. We think it needs a little more pink. A Papa Pank. We are Philly-based, multi-hyphenated, and award-winning actors taking on all things arts and culture in this joy-forward and ever-playful variety podcast. You are listening to our theme song composed by Jordan McCree, member of the band Ill Dukes. We welcome you, our Pank Papas, both old and new. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate y'all. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get this thing started. I am so excited for today's episode. In today's Pop In with Papa Pank, we will be joined by the Noel Diane Johnson of the Philly-based organization Artists Heal. Now, the work Noel is doing in creating healing and care spaces and collaborative art-making processes has been revolutionary for me as an artist who has experienced her work firsthand. In today's environment, we are growing more aware of the importance of equity, diversity, inclusion, and accessibility in all sectors with trainings and policies shifting world worldwide. Now, frankly, to me, it almost feels like the term EDI is starting to have its own kind of assumptions and like stigma in various workplaces. But no, what, what Noelle is doing takes all of that a step further. Yes, part of her mission is about educating and helping form practices for more just and equitable spaces for artists to be the best artists that they can be in safe ways. But she is taking all of that to the next level. She is like the person you bring in before, during, and after you've done all the EDI training to actually put things into practice, to have someone in the space who is non-judgmental, honest, and mindful in how everyone in the room can be aware of systems and practices that take care of all the bodies in the space. And as theater starts up this fall, This episode is especially important for arts institutions to hear and maybe even partner with Artists Heal for their own workplaces. So today we're going to be talking about all things related to this. I am very excited um, to have Noelle on the show today. I am so excited for this work that she does. It is so, it is just so necessary. Um, Mm -hmm. I have had experiences in theater where uh, I believe having Noelle in the room would have made a world of difference. Um, Could have avoided some trauma, but you know, with this work becoming more and more popular, hopefully fewer actors will have to go through what many of us have gone through in the past. Um, I talked about this last week, actually, on for my Pink News. Mm -hmm. Um, I was sharing that as part of uh, a new deal for Broadway, their agreement, one of the things that um, the signatories are pledging to do is hire racial sensitivity coaches for certain shows. So we are on our way. We are on our way. So let's toast to that next step of uh, uh, on Papa Pink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's about that time. Justin, do you think that it's about that time? Let's do it. Let's do it. Get your glass of week and clank. It's time for that. Papa drank. Papa drank. Papa drank. Papa drank. Papa drank. And oh. cheers. And, and cheers. cheers. Arriba, Arriba abajo, al centro, pa' dentro. 
Jingle Mabuhai. Jaylene, what are you drinking tonight? That good old jam jar wine, which I was drinking last week. You really love that jam jar. I'm waiting for you to get me a bottle of that. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. can we can be sharing one. Noted, noted. What is, what is your papa drink for today? Well, I'm feeling so, so lucky to have such a prestigious guest with us today. So I think I'm going to keep it simple and classy with a glass of red wine. I am drinking this Heaven Hills 2016 Merlot by Columbia Crest. Ooh. This is a nice Washington-based winery, and it has very floral notes. I opened the bottle. I was like, ooh, somebody put some berries in my, my mm. berry. Yes, well, that shirt and these drinks, you know, it just has me so tickled pink. <laughs> clap that one out. Now, Tickle Fake is where we usually talk about something that has recently been bringing us joy. And it's a bit of a catch up for Justin and I. So, Justin... What has you tickled Pank this week? I, I think we were here last week, so it's only been one week. What what's what's had you tickled Pank well, this week? A lot, two things in arts and culture has me really tickled Pank. The first is that the Philly Fringe Festival is kicking off this week Woo! from September 9th through October 3rd. Contemporary performing artists from all over the city and beyond are coming together to share works both live, digital, and everything in between. Um, the festival. How was has been very different and will look different than past years. Uh, many of the in-person shows are requiring mask and vaccination or other similar safety measures, but the number of offerings is just as robust as it was in pre-pandemic years. And I think artists are really thinking out of the box and being pushed to meet the moment. So please, please browse all of the listings at www.fringearts.com. And you will also be supporting local artists like me. And yes, the Berserker Residence, which is my theater company, we are doing a show, which I'm going to plug later in this episode. The second thing that has me tickle pank is um, minor character beginning rehearsals this week at the Wilma Theater. This is the company where Jaylene and I are Hot House members and where our guest... Noelle Diane Johnson is in rehearsals as our EDI officer. And this is Noelle's second project with the Wilma, having previously worked on Fat Ham. And we're going to tell you more about the show, uh, about Minor Character itself at another episode. But it has been so, so wonderful to be back in a rehearsal process at a theater after so many months away. I can feel the energy of Renaissance in the belly of the killer whale in the oh. hallways. It's yeah. like that was the last show that was in there before we came in and it that was, was Jaylene's show so I'm glad that your energy's still fresh in there even though it's um like 16 months old <laughs> <laughs> my my energy is long lasting yeah I'll say <laughs> so Jaylene that tickled me Peg what has you tickled Peg this past week um two things one Anita Baker owns her masters now so you know that means she owns her music which is very exciting Auntie Anita we are so happy for you so you know I am sure that she's feeling you know caught up in the rapture in her whole body and soul there are no more tears she no longer has to fight for her music and the ones who kept her masters from her should be saying, I apologize. And maybe they did because no one in this world should own Auntie Anita's masters except Auntie Anita. Anita, what an angel. 
you bring me joy. And if you're a diehard Anita fan, then you see what I did there. So that had me tickled. Man, if you know, you know. If you yeah. know, you know. Yeah. That is why this last segment is exactly why Jaylene's the writer of the group. Of everybody here, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're on our live studio, this is why Jaylene's the writer. So good. And oh, the second thing that brought me uh, joy, that tickled me pink, is that on, I think, Sunday, clearly I was so um, enraptured with my husband, which I was, as we were going on a nice little walk. Um, We were taking a stroll up Broad Street. And we were so into each other that apparently we missed someone yelling our names. Um, and who was that person? That I am telling you, we've all had this instant where you're you're just yelling at your friend from across a room. And in this case, I'm yelling across Broad Street. I'm saying, Papa Peck. Hey, Papa Peck. Hey, Jaylene. Dorrance. Lawrence. And I'm driving away. Didn't hear me. And everybody, but everybody else heard me. (laughs) I didn't hear Justin at all. I didn't know he saw me until I got home and he sent me a text saying, nice umbrella. Do you walk up Broad Street all the time? And I was like, I totally missed that. So that story definitely had me tickle pain. We have a very very special guest. So let's just pop into our next segment. Yes. So we here at Papa Pink love this interview segment called Pop In with Papa Pink. This is our chance to catch up with some of our industry friends and share with our audience a little bit about their processes and personal stories as professional artists. This is where you've seen us hang out with folks like James Imes, Davi Diggs, Robin Hood, Tasha Marie Canales, Mama Pat, and a host of other film, TV, stage, and music artists. Yes, now we are so excited to welcome our guest, Noelle Diane Johnson. <sighs> Let me get into the bio. So, Noelle is a multidisciplinary artist, stage manager, and artist advocate based in Philadelphia, PA. Pronouns are she, her, and hers. She has worked for multiple venues in different capacities, including Wilma Theater, Theater Horizon, Interact Theater Company, Simpatico Theater, Theater in the X, Shakespeare in Clark Park, The Bearded Ladies Cabaret, Fringe Arts, Long Wharf Theater, Philadelphia Theater Company, and Playbill, among many others. Noelle is also the founder and owner of Artists Heal, a company designed to create healing and care spaces for collaborative art making while centering and providing resources for marginalized folk and vulnerable communities. Noelle believes in servant leadership and offers programming to promote self-liberated, inclusive, and equitable spaces designed for healing and expansion through artistic practice. Come on, you better word that well. (laughs) Okay. Learn more at artistheal.org and you can follow on IG Warm Weather Noel at Artist Warm Weather Noel. That's one. And then the page for Artist Heal is Artist Heal. So, Pank Papas, I want you to please show some love, give a warm welcome, light up the chat with claps and all the things as we welcome to the stage, Noelle Diane Johnson. Yes. Oh, Noelle, welcome to Papa Pank. I'm so excited. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing and what's your Papa drank tonight? 
I am fabulous today. It was a wonderful full day, but I'm doing very well. And I've got a lime lacroix, my seltzer of choice. Okay, so you call it lacroix. So I don't know what it's called. So they Can actually, I, I love this because I never know and, and everybody calls it something different. They made a commercial specifically to address this. They, it's like a board meeting and they're all talking about like, what do we call it? It's actually pronounced La Croix in like French, mm -hmm. but they decided it's pronounced La Croix, like enjoy. Yeah, I took five years of French. So it's in there. And I, I got right. like the, you know, the <laughs> yeah. huh, huh, of it all, you know? I appreciate the huh, huh of it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same. So, Noelle, welcome. We're going to ask you a few questions. And then, because we are all about the shenanigans, we're going to play some games. So, Pank Papa's out there. Um, if you have any questions for Noelle, drop them in the comments, and we'll do our best to get to one or two of those at the end of this interview. Yes. Okay. So, let's get to the first question. We are so excited to, of course, have you on the show. And I feel like we'll have many listeners who are new here and who want to know what you do. So can you start by telling us a little bit more about who you are as an artist and how you came to call Philly home? Yes. So I started the way that a lot of theater folks start. I was four years old. Um, I started dance classes and art classes and... Every Sunday, I would perform for my parents at 7 p.m. sharp. Um, <laughs> they were notified after church on Sundays that there would be a show, and um, they were instructed to attend. Um, so that was kind of like the start of it all. And then, you know, of course, through school and everything, um, I knew when I, I knew when I was, you know, looking for colleges, I wanted to go to school for theater and Temple. Temple was the thing. Philadelphia has called to me for a long time. I think the arts and culture sector here is just phenomenal and so full and vibrant and thriving. Um, and something, I don't even know that I was so like enamored with Temple. To you, no, no shade. I love Temple. I had a wonderful time, um, but it was really about Philadelphia and, and coming to Philadelphia. Um, and I came here to be an actor um, don't count me out. We'll see what happens. Ooh. But I discovered Ooh. stage management and fell in love my freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. I ended up taking an acting class and a stage management class at the exact same time. And stage management just, it won. It like beat it out. Um, I think there's something really cool about just having a full view of the show, like having my hands mm -hmm. at each little piece. So mm -hmm. that's informed a lot of a lot of who I am and a lot of the art that I do. And I don't know, I love it. I love, I love theater. Like the secret is that I'm a fan. I'm a huge like theater fan girl. So mm. being in the rooms that I get to be a part of and supporting folks is like a dream come true. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever directed? I have begun directing. I will maybe share a project at the okay. end of this uh, episode here. But yeah, I've started to step into directing. Directors of a part of Directors Gathering. Um, mm -hmm. I applied for a scholarship for Directors Gathering when the pandemic started, and um, started to really try to like hone that in, you know, and, and figure that out. And I directed one of the pieces for Art Houses for Theater Horizon this past nice. season. So 
a devised piece. I really love devised work. That's kind of like where my heart is, like devised kind of movement, experimental stuff. So I was able to direct then and we're stepping out. We're stepping into it. That is so I awesome. Love that. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that you started as an artist, you know, that you started as an actor because and that you're a fan of theater because it shows in your work. You know, you have a passion for this. And so it makes sense that this is your path, that you're doing something that you're passionate about and advocating for the artists who are doing the thing that you also love to do like this. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. And as Lee said, yes, with that curtain time, I love that you had a seven o'clock call. Okay, the show is at seven every Sunday. You know where to be. Exactly. You know where to be. You know where it's happening. But Jaylene, I think you touch on something that I hadn't thought about before, but it's so important that you are an artist and you understand artists and that's what you're working, the organizations and the communities you're working with. I've done EDI trainings with like an outside, um, you know, uh, some organization that they bring in into these arts organizations. And you're like, oh my gosh, you have no idea mm -hmm. the kind of people we are or like what, what, how to connect to us. So um, I want to pivot and start to talk about Artists Heal. And um, I'm so happy that this organization is here. And finally in Philadelphia, this was something I didn't know I missed and needed as badly as I did until you were in the room. And I feel like in my 21 years in Philadelphia, I've also endured my fair share of like ouches and uh-ohs in Philly rehearsal rooms and stages and processes. And I continue to. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about what, what Artist's Heal is and what you offer? Yeah. So Artist's Heal creates healing and care spaces for collaborative art making. And the goal is to prioritize. So decentering whiteness and prioritizing the most marginalized and vulnerable communities. Um, and right now, you know, I've got big dreams about what it will become and what, what I would like to offer. At this time, I'm offering workshops. I'm doing my EDI consultation um, and really passionate about and adamant that the work that I do is twofold. So I work with institutions working with like policy and procedure and practices, but also wanting to be in rehearsal rooms on the ground floor in the way that I am with the Wilma, because I think that that work has to be done parallel. It has to be doing that. Those things have to be happening at the same time because, you know, white supremacy is going to take time. It's going to take time to fall and dismantle. Um, it happens in needlepoint moves. It happens very gradually. So creating the emotional support and the healing space for people that are in rehearsals while this work is happening is super important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and something that I'm working on now is like developing a curriculum for uh, university students, like a 16 week curriculum to be able to teach the, the methods and the, and the tools, um, getting some interest from universities and, and things wanting to learn the work. And I, I'm super passionate about that. I'm a teaching artist as well. I love teaching. Mm -hmm. I usually teach younger children like babies, oh. which is like, just like, you know, they're babies, but um, getting to, college age folks and early career professionals, I think really is the key in this mm -hmm. to, you know, so that when they come out into the world, they, that is the standard for them. Mm -hmm. um, with folks that have been at it for a long time, I think a lot of times, you know, similar to what you said, Justin, it's like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that there was an issue mm -hmm. until I had something different. So for the next generation of folks, for them mm -hmm. to 
just kind of have that baseline, that level. This is the standard, um, specifically for marginalized folks so that they can also advocate for themselves. I, w- mm-hmm. I wanna be able to give this information away so that it's not reliant on me being in the room, You know that people have the tools and the resources so that they can do this for themselves and for their communities as well. Mm, I love that. And that's how you have longevity. You know, you mm-hmm. teach, you, you're, you're in the room, but you're also teaching folks how to do this work, even when you're not in the room. Yeah, I exactly. love that. So how did you even get into this work? Was mm-hmm. there a specific incident or a moment of calling or has this always been a part of your personal process? Tell us about it. Yeah. So a lot of it does come from stage management, like creating spaces and environments where artists can thrive. And 2017 was a rough year. I think everybody kind of has those years where they're like, glad that year is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you'll never forget it because it, it was just rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made the decision to step away from theater. I was like, I have to be done with this for a little while. I need to focus on my mental health and my wellness and, you know, take care of myself. And healing, artists heal. Healing is such a huge part of the work that I'm doing because what I realized in my time away was doing that healing work for myself expanded my capacity for art making and being in rooms with people. And when I came back to theater, because that that calling, that pull never really leaves you if you're an artist, you know what I mean? Like, even if you put it down, you're kind of like, oh, I feel like I need to do this again. You take a break from it, you step away from it, and it calls you back. Um, I came back to theater and I was like, oh my God, this is so much easier to do now. I have found joy in this again. I feel good about this again. And I saw, I, I saw as a stage manager, just being super observant of artists in rooms too. Mm-hmm. I saw folks with marginalized identities struggling, you know, not that they weren't joyful or happy to be there or just as excited to be a part of the process as anyone else, mm-hmm. but in a, in a space that is filtered through white supremacy and not feeling liberated or safe or, um, you know, safe or, able to really access that, I saw things like the disengagement or the frustrations or the wanting to express something and not being able to. Um, And part of the job as a stage manager is to advocate for artists anyway. You know, you're Mm -hmm. advocating for your artists, you're advocating for the designers, you're advocating for everything because you're, the show is seven o'clock. The show is at seven o'clock. So, um, but I saw it and I, and I, Having my own experience I, when I came back to theater, I was like, oh, this is what it is. Like, here is a way, you know, that we can really address this and I can offer the offer these tools and try to come up with procedures and processes of what I had done for myself to share to share with folks. Because mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes it just feels so insurmountable and it's not. It's really, really, it's not. It's It's more simple than I think sometimes folks think that it is because white supremacy is complicated, mm-hmm. but the tools and the resources are really, really simple. You, you mentioned the procedures, and I'm wondering for our listeners that like w- would love to know a little bit more about specifically what that means in the room. Can you just give a couple of examples like in minor character, what you do in the room for mm-hmm. us? Uh, I could tell yeah. from my perspective, but I'm interested from yours. Yeah. 
So one of the things that I think has been that I've seen be the most effective and that I really, really love is opening and closing rituals, mm -hmm. creating containers around the rehearsal space. So say you have a play, specifically if you have a play that is identified by race or identified by gender or identified by um, sexuality, um, creating something like we are human beings. That's one of the things that has really, in my time away, I like, had all these different jobs. I did, I've been in startup techs. I've worked retail. I've done, I've done a bunch of different things and we're not computers. Like we're not computers. We're not paperwork. We're not, you know, we're human. We're real live human beings and people come in with their experiences and their day-to-day -day lives and their families and all of these things. So creating an opening ritual in which folks ground and are able to come into the space and then creating a closing ritual in which folks can lay down the things that are not necessary to take with them back into their personal lives. Um, especially when you're confronting like themes of trauma mm -hmm. in, in, in shows or themes of whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, so that's one that I've seen be really, really effective. Um, I'm also really adamant and kind of passionate about like systems of being able to share grievances, observations, um, joyful joyfulness, like whatever that is in an anonymous way. Because I think that there is a lot of pressure specifically for artists, um, specifically for actors, where there's this kind of thing of like, I have to say yes and, you know, I have to say yes, I have to do this thing. I want to impress the director. If you're in a space that you've never been in before, you know, this is the gig of your life or something. You don't want to be the squeaky wheel or the person that says, mm -hmm. hey, I actually feel harm or you're crossing a boundary. Mm -hmm. So giving folks a pathway to be able to share those grievances or share those concerns without there being some sort of retaliation. Um, afterwards. So those are, those are a couple yeah. of things specifically in like a room yeah. space. Those have been so helpful in the room. And I think you, you're, you bring in conversation and you lay things out so plainly in the in like beginning of process, mid process. And anytime the, some, a grievance comes up, not a grievance or just something that needs to be addressed, you do it in such a matter of fact way that that is like, oh yeah, I'm not, I can sit with my feels and hear somebody talk about this, but it's not, the onus is not on me or anybody else in the room. There's somebody that's hired here to, to talk about that. And your just mere presence in the room is such a comfort, you know, and minor character. I love this show. I love this company. There's eight of us and there's two people of color, myself and another person. And I think in the room, there's just, there's a lot of awareness of gender and there's a lot of talk on that. But I know that you have eyes on things that nobody else has their eyes on. And that's just such a comfort to know and to be like, okay, there's another story being told here with the bodies that are doing the particular things. And, um, and there's somebody else on the team that's really conscious of like, oh, that body doing this action implies this thing mm -hmm. uh, with these other people. And I'm just so happy that, that you're there. And, uh, and there's myriad other things that Noelle does in the room. But uh, for those that don't know, um, this is just a small smattering of the many things. So can we talk a little bit more about the future of the company? Because you said you had a lot of hopes and dreams um, for the company. What, is, what are some of those hopes and dreams or maybe for the industry at large? And, yeah. and also, could you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the the so Artist Heal is Philadelphia based because I believe that um, you know one of the one of the one of the kind of like pillars of Artist Heal too is self and selfhood. So understanding that the change starts within you first. I think sometimes we feel. I think sometimes folks feel like, oh, well, I'm just one person. Like, what difference can I make? And it's like, mm -hmm. that can make such a difference. Like, your internal, coming into a space where your internal environment is producing good medicine is so beneficial to the community at large. And I think that I have a real opportunity to shift the culture and industry in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. and my hope would be that in shifting the culture and industry in Philadelphia, that it would spread and, and shift the culture and industry at large. Um, and for the future artists heal, you know, I wanted to grow, like I wanted to grow. I'm, I'm super interested in teaching. I'm super interested in academia. Um, I want to develop youth programming and do share these things with children. I think that um, white supremacy one of one of the things that I teach, like, it's a trauma. It's a, it's it's an abusive structure, and someone that's my age experiences it. But the you know the first time that I really experienced like racism in my and I grew up in the South, so just bear with me. But the first time that I really experienced racism and had to confront it, I was six years old. Mm -hmm. And when you're that young and you're experiencing that level of trauma, it can really affect your development. It can affect your coping mechanisms. It can affect um, the pathways that are developed and solidified in terms of processing. And theater, theater saved my life. Theater was the thing that I used to really be able to process a lot of that stuff. So really wanting to work with children, that's like a passion of mine. Um, and... Yeah, I just want to I just want to share it out. I just want to share the information out. And I love what you two are doing with the podcast and bringing people on. And that's something that I think I would love to be able to expand once once the, you know, the word gets out and people really experience this work. Like, what is your experience with the work? What is your experience with your healing journey? Really wanting to destigmatize like mental health and wellness and holistic health and wellness mm -hmm. in the arts industry because I think storytelling is so powerful and when we are our best selves in that space I think that it can really be life-changing and it's it can save people it can really save people's lives so oh. yes 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 I just love it all I love yeah. it all because it's so important like it's so important and it's so necessary so just Ah, thank you for doing this work. Okay. We have some questions from the audience. Uh, let me do this one. So Paul says, I'm loving, that's in caps, this discussion. You said you work with little ones. How can we spark ideas of what you teach at an early age? It's never too soon. Hmm. Yeah. So I think in my experience with working with young children, so, like, for example, if a young child has a, a, an emotional response or a temper tantrum or is struggling, they're in the place in their development where that's supposed to be happening for them. So my, I think, I think what I want to be able to do for young children is to, like, allow them to be children. And a part of my training, too, is, like, Montessori, like, Montessori teaching. 
Um, my friend Kayla is on here too, I think. And she's she was a Montessori teacher for a really long time. Um, I think that that dynamic is so important, like allowing, like they're, they're people just like us, they're just smaller, right? <laughs> so a lot of times we don't have to spark anything in children. They, they do it on their own. I was in the grocery store the other day. This is so funny. I was in the grocery store the other day and there was this little boy, you know, the bags that you put the produce in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was running around with the bag, just having the time of his life. You like, you would have thought, and I was just like, children are so amazing. They <laughs> can do like, th like they will take anything, this grocery store bag, and he, he, you could tell his imagination had just run wild. He was being so creative with the grocery bag. He was having such a good time. And it's like, when I'm working with children, they, they spark something in me more so than mm -hmm. me sparking anything in them. And I think for us as adults who have been socialized in ways to dismantle that socialization within ourselves, to allow the children to just be who they are, because they are, one of the things I like to say is returning your body to its natural state is what allows the creativity to really surface and thrive. And they are closer to that than we are mm. as adults. So that's an interesting question. I love the question, but I get so much more. They spark more in me than I think that I have the power to spark in them. I think it's just allowing them to be who they are. You know what I mean? Allowing them to live and and run around and play a game with two sticks all day mm -hmm. and, and be like living their best lives so yeah we have a another question from one of our um audience members here um this is from mama pat how do we support you noel to keep you shored up to continue this much needed work yeah so you can definitely donate um <laughs> I can right. I can definitely send over a, a PayPal a PayPal link. Um, mm -hmm. But really, it's more about sharing, you know, sharing this information out. If someone is so if someone is asking about this information, I really my goal really is to just share the information. So mm -hmm. for people to know the work that I'm doing and for a really long time. I felt like I was trying to do this work and I was trying to share this with, with folks. And it wasn't until I created like a container for myself and artist mm -hmm. heal that folks started to be like, Oh, I see what you mean now. So if you've had the experience and you know what it's like to have access to these resources or to work with me to just share that out with people, when people ask, Oh, do you know someone that's doing, because this is the wave right now. Mm -hmm. And yes. I think that, and, I, and I'll speak for myself as a black artist, as a as a black stage manager. It's very in vogue right now to hire me. Like it's very, <laughs> you know, it looks it looks really really good. Um, yes. And I am not ashamed to say that I am. I receive it. <laughs> I receive all of it. Yes. I receive the abundance that is falling upon me, yes. and I'm so grateful. Um, so yeah, I just, I really just want to share, share the information out. Money is, is great, but really it more like referrals or endorsements of the, of the work is what's, I want to spread it as far as I can. Yes. Yes. You heard it here, folks. Be in vogue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> 
thank you so much for sharing us uh, sharing about your work. Um, I want to just like uh, have two more questions for you. So the first is just we are a joy forward arts and culture podcast. Um, so can you just share with us what is also bringing you joy these days? Maybe it's an activity or a TV show or a recent vacation, that kind of thing. Share with us what's been tickling you, Pank. I think that yeah. might be revealing too about your your yourself and your process. I love this segment. So this summer was a very intentional summer. I used this summer. It was like my intention at the beginning of the summer to find my joy. Um, and I had the opportunity to go to Biddeford, Maine to do an artist residency with Ninth Planet. Check out Ninth Planet's an amazing company. Um, and I also was in New Haven, Connecticut doing a production of Passing Strange yes. at Long Wharf Theater. So theater and art, like <laughs> those are the things that really bring me joy. Um, and I guess little known fact, I'm really into, when I was in kindergarten and the nun that was my teacher asked me what I wanted to be. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I have been there. I know exactly it. Listen, it's a very specific experience. Yes. Um, she asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I was like, I want to be an interior designer, like literally at six years old. Wow. So I've been like painting my walls and reorganizing my house and getting into like visual art and things like that. That's really that brings me a lot of joy. And it's the thing that I do outside of, it's the thing that I do outside of theater that's artistic. That's not about like making a living. Um, and one more thing. So I'm all about the warm weather. Yes. I love the warm weather temperature, but I love the cooler weather fashion yes. and being able to like really beat my face. So that's exciting. That's like an artistic thing for me as well. So I'm super into like aesthetics and how things look and how things are, you know, how I present things. So that's bringing me a lot of joy. I'm really excited um, for us to be masked, right? But maybe have a cute eyeshadow or, a, you know, a cute layer knitted scarf happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm very excited. A pop of pink as you have on your eyes, you know? <laughs> that could be the thing. I'm ready. I love it. So before we uh, go to our last question for you, we have one more from our audience, uh, from our live studio audience here. So um, question for Noel, what would you say to an artist that is feeling called to step away from art making in order to heal, but is feeling fear and apprehension about a pause in their practice? This is so yes. important and one everybody asks, I think. This is my dear friend, Jacqueline. Thank you for being here in this question. Um, this is such a good question. I will share this here just because I'm with you, Jaylene. I was slated to work with you on White at Theater Horizon in 2018 and as an ASM. And, you know, my life happened and I knew I needed to take a step back, right? So it was you, it was Malika, it was James. Like as a black artist, I was so excited. I was like, these people I admire, I'm finally gonna get to be in a room with black folks. And, but I knew like God, my, I'm a woman of faith. God was like, you have to step away from this. Like you have to take care of yourself and, and pull it together. And I was so disappointed. I didn't understand like things were things were coming. Like I was getting jobs, things were really picking up. 
it is the best thing that I have ever done in my life to step mm. away and take care of myself. Mm. And theater, art, whatever your artistic practice is, is not going away. It will be there for you when you get back. Mm -hmm. And if it's meant for you to meet people or work with people or collaborate with people, it will come back around full circle. Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful that I'm getting to be in rooms with you, Jaylene and Justin and all of these other people that I've admired for such a long time as this version of myself. Mm. I love, I love her. I love all versions of myself and I have so much compassion and love for her. But she was rough. She, she <laughs> was struggling. Uh -huh. If you knew me pre-2017, like just give me some grace because it was just the rough portion of my life. And it is it is just the best thing. And it's it opened up my eyes to so much. Artist Heal would not exist if I hadn't taken that break. Mm. This version of myself would not exist if I hadn't taken that break. Being able to do the work that I'm doing now that seems like it's really filling people up and, and providing a solution. I'm so solution oriented as a stage manager. I saw Ms. Pat said a stage manager at heart always. Ms. <sighs> Pat the GOAT stage manager. Yes. Like being solution oriented is so a part of like who I am. So to be able to provide a solution to folks and, and just be a part of people's joy and creativity, it would not exist if I hadn't taken care of myself. We have to take care of ourselves and our vessels. Yeah. Um, it is our instrument as artists. Yeah. It is everything. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Look at what God does. I know that's right. Like, like, <laughs> Don't be afraid to step away because when you when you get back to it and you're really up for it, the sky is the limit. But mm -hmm. only when you have the capacity, only when you've created the internal environment mm -hmm. for yourself. So, and what's for you is for you. Exactly. Don't right. do nothing. If, if 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 it's for you, it will come back again. So, it sure will. oh, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for answering all these questions and being so gracious with your comments. We we just, we loved it. Everybody loves you. The, the comments are blowing up with love for you. I love to see it. We love to see it. We are going to switch gears now because we are all about the shenanigans. Yes. So we have some games coming up. Okay. Love it. Okay. All right. So next game, have you heard of Culture Tag? No. It is a game created by Black woman, Unique Jones Gibson. And it is a game in which you are given, you have cards. There are categories for each card. And you show an acronym. And you have to guess what the acronym stands for. I actually just played this for the first time. Oh. Yep. Boom. And by culture, it is black culture. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to play. I have six cards. You and Justin can guess. And uh, here we go. Okay. Okay. Category is mamas everywhere. Okay. This is something your mom will say um, if you acting up and she threatens you, she's threatened some bodily harm. 
and she says that she will do this. It involves time travel, okay? And how far her uh, beatdown of you will send uh, So let's say- it I know you. Gone. Huh? I know you. Nope. Mm -mm. It's a threat. It is a threat, your mom will say. And Pank Papas, if you have it in the comments, you can uh, let us know. Remember, we're on a 20-second delay. But uh, say it's 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 say it's Tuesday. No, say it's Monday of this. I'll knock you into tomorrow. <laughs> I'll knock you into, uh-huh. So if it's Friday, I'll you might you be in Wednesday. Tuesday. Wait. Thursday. There's so many letters. Okay. <laughs> the M, the M. Uh oh, Mama Pat got it. Mama Pat oh, got man. it. I'm like, whoa. I'll knock you into the middle of next week. Oh, I oh, think my breaths were a little bit shorter. More, more. <laughs> that was a lot of letters. Of course. Okay. okay let's, let's go with the shorter letters. Okay. And of course, Mama Pat got that one. I, a true I, mama I there <laughs> might have used that. <laughs> okay. The category okay. is storytelling. So um, how do I explain this one? You might say this when you're saying, you know, this girl, she could, she could run her mouth. She forgets things. But when blank, blank, blah, blank, she's there for you. Oh God! Um, let me get. I'm not. When push comes to shove. Thank ah. you. There it is. There it there is. Um, the category is songs and lyrics. This is a famous uh phrase that uh our brother R.I.P. D.M.X. One of his songs. Uh, it involves thinking of your sanity. Um, you gonna make me lose my mind up uh, in here. Up in there here. you go. There <laughs> you go. There you go. We're halfway through. The category is TV and film. All right. This is a famous phrase from a uh, black nerd. Did I do that? There you go. <laughs> this is category is family and friends. Okay. I, you know, I just realized that I'm yelling. I'll be yelling. I get so excited. <laughs> I love it. It's the games. <laughs> I just heard myself and I said, let me just bring it down. <laughs> it's right here. And I apologize now for all my podcast listeners. Whew, I know it's loud. Okay. Family and friends is the category. It could be uh, mamas everywhere, though, as the category, because this is something your mama would say. My mama pats on it. Uh, okay. They, they, your mama would ask you this. If you did something crazy, um, and she may say, "This is a question," basically saying, um, "I'm I'm not I'm not a baby. I'm not an infant." Um, <laughs> it's a question saying, "I'm not a baby. I'm not an infant." <laughs> that wasn't a great clue. Okay, she, she might say, um, she's she's asking, do I look like one of your? Do I look like? Do I? Um, do I look? Do like, I look like? 
I mm -hmm. will. Do I look like? Like my birthday was not. Do I look like I was born yesterday? Okay, okay. Those are our games. Noel, fun. before we say goodbye to you, we just have, we want to have you join us in our pink free, freestyle. So none of us are freestyle artists, but we're all going to just try and just say fun. goodbye. So Jaylene's going to give me my um, inspiration and then I'm going to give you your inspiration and then you'll give Jaylene and Jaylene will round us out. So it is hot. So what do you got for me, Jaylene? Um, it's hot, but I'm. your word is going to be advocate because we've been talking about oh. advocacy so advocate advocate i'm in rooms where there's ouches oops and uh-ohs sometimes those moments turn into oh no's <laughs> i was lost but now i'm found because noel diane johnson is around yes wow <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay. So, um, Noel, I think I'm gonna give you. It feels like underneath all of your your work is this one big word that comes to me, and it's love. There's Aww. love underneath it all. So your inspiration is love. Love. A word that comes and goes. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I found my way to pop a pank. Yes. I'm grateful they asked me what I think. Mm-hmm. All this information comes from above, covered in this container of love. Yes! <laughs> Bars, 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 bars. So good. Yeah. Jaylene, take us home and Noelle, give an inspiration. Oh. Um, joy. Huh. Man, oh man. Boy, oh boy. When we have Noelle on the episode, you know she's bringing that joy. <laughs> she knows how to advocate straight out the gate. You want her in the room. She amplifies like a mic boom. Yes. Lord. That is so good. So, Noel, thank you so much for joining us. Once more, before you go, what upcoming projects do you have? Yes. So right now I'm partnering with the Black Theater Alliance of Philadelphia to offer two Reset and Restore workshops for Black theater artists in Philadelphia. We've got September 3rd from 5.30, starts at 5.30, and September 8th, 18th, starts at noon. You can register. There's the link up on the page. It's artistsheal.org slash reset dash restore dash workshop. It's completely free. It comes with some goodies. I'm really excited to offer it. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And stay tuned for more announcements for more things. And also, what about this? Yes, the Healing, healing Space is the Artist Heal podcast. So... My podcast is, it's very, it's fun, it's light, but it's educational. I really want to share out the information. So if you're interested in Artist Heal, 
you want to know more about what I'm doing, what I'm developing, um, really dive into like the methodology and the tools and resources, check out the Artist Heal podcast. I've been doing episodes bi-weekly. So there's a few up there now if you want to learn more about the work. Yes. And so once again, for all of our listeners, please follow Noel at Warm Weather Noel. That's W-A-R-M-W-E-A-T-H-E-R-N-O-E-L-L-E. And then also her company page, Artists Heal, A-R-T-I-S-T-S-H-E-A-L. Thank you so much, Noel. This was so awesome. And we will see you in the rehearsal room. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye, Noel. Oh, Oh, my goodness. That was so good. Look at our pang papas going off. We have have hand claps. Mama Pat says that was the best. Paul says, I love this episode. DJ is sending hearts. Kayla says, yes. OMG, we've got bars. Healing for the soul, it was called. Lee says, thank you. For real, thank you for all the joy. This has been truly awesome. So let's go to our pank forecast real quick. So Noelle told us about her upcoming events. Now it's our turn to share some things that that to look forward to in this next segment called pank forecast. So Jaylene, what do you have coming up? I'm calling this my Jayco Poppin. It's because it's not really a tour. Last year was the Jayco Flex tour. This is just Jayco Poppin because it's just two shows. Um, but Justin says that's still a tour. But I'll be in Illinois, Illinois Institute of Technology in Chicago on September 22nd at 7 p.m. And I'll be at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay on September 23rd at 6 p.m. So if you're in those areas, Hit me up on social media or my website and let me know that you're in town so you can come to the show. Yes. Um, And so for me, again, please go support the Fringe Festival. um, And I will tell you in the future about minor character at the Wilma Theater. But the thing I do want to plug here is next week, my show, It Doesn't Matter. That's by the Berserker Residence. We're doing this in the Philly Fringe Festival 2021, Thursday, September 16th through Saturday, September 18th at 9 p.m. on Instagram Live. Now, this is the Berserker Residence are going to be broadcasting a sleepover party. It's a 60 minute experience. And you can toggle if you're on Instagram, uh, follow, you'll see everything on the Fringe website, but um, you can toggle between the different performers as they experience this adult sleepover gone wrong. I'm so excited about this show. That is amazing. Okay, so our next episode is Wednesday, next week, Wednesday, September 15th at 9 p.m. We will be right back here on YouTube and on Facebook. Please join us. And uh, that's about it. Justin, do you have a quick, quick proverb? A proverb sure. about a, a doing things quickly. Um, when you get in, just get out. Yep, when you get in, just get out. I don't know proverbs, but make sure you please uh, subscribe to us on our podcast. Spread the word. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. All of that is so, so helpful. And uh, if you want to donate to us, we're at, Pop- we're at <laughs> Cash App, uh, Papa Pank, PayPal, Papa Pank, and or you can just email us at papapank at gmail.com. We will also, on our Instagram, put um, Noelle's uh, PayPal's and 
things like that. If you want to donate to Noel and support Artists Heal, that's so important to us. So please, um, if you're still tuning in and listening to the episode, donate to Noel as well. Yeah, Noel as well. Remember, be in vogue. Go rogue, be in vogue, and hire Noel. It'll treat you well. There we go. More bars, more bars, more bars. Thank you to Jordan McCree, who wrote our music, Tracy A. Cassius, our studio editor, Tracy, you are the bomb, all of our past guests, Noel Diane Johnson, and you, our followers, our paint poppers. Thank you to those of you who tuned in with us for the first time. Um, please plug us on social media, subscribe to us on all the platforms, and that's it. That's about it.